violence portrayed in the films at Pamplin Park is controversial. Race is the other controversy of the Civil War that cannot be escaped, and we'll talk about that when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. On Sound Authors, you can expect the unexpected. Kent Gustafson, Ph.D., author, publisher, professional musician, and now talk radio show host, will not only entertain you, but with new books and guest authors from around the world, will interview talented, independent musicians showcasing their fresh new music. Plan to join Dr. Kent and friends each Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on World Talk Radio Studio A. Sound Authors, where authors sound off. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors cried the second. I hope there's the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with A. Wilson Green, director of Pamplin Historical Park in or near Petersburg, Virginia, a uh, privately owned Civil War battlefield park with a state-of-the-art visitor center and museum, uh, a dramatic and controversial Civil War combat film uh, for visitors to see, uh, and also uh, several historic buildings on site with uh, costumed first-person interpreters that is museum lingo for people in, in, in clothes who pretend to be from the era. Uh, lots to do and see at this place. And, Will, we were talking about the, the controversy involving the film, War So Terrible, that uh, visitors can see at the museum, and it, it's graphic depictions of Civil War combat that, uh, as you put it, 
give a saving private Ryan treatment to to Civil War battles instead of the, the bloodless explosion and, and, and people fall over uh, style that we see in movies like Gettysburg. Um, what uh, your, your museum also deals has to deal as any Civil War museum does with the, the controversial issues of, of what caused the war, what brought it about, uh, what it was fought for. And my first question on this score is, has Dr. Pamplin or anyone at the Foundation ever uh, uh, had any influence on the museum's interpretation of the past? Not at all, and that's one of the joys of, of working here. The, the Foundation has had a very hands-off uh, policy on on interpretive content, and um, we've never had uh, one iota of intervention from our board or anybody on our board telling us how we should uh, interpret the the three themes that we deal with here at the park. And those those themes are, as you pointed out, the the battle that occurred here on April second, eighteen sixty five, and its context and consequences. Uh, the story of the common soldier, north, south, east, west, black, white, and his experience in the Civil War. And our third theme, which is relevant to, to the topic you've just raised, which is the uh, life in the antebellum south and the impact of the Civil War on civilians. And we are very fortunate to have uh, the Pamplin's ancestors' plantation home uh, in the park called Tudor Hall, uh, which was a typical Southside Virginia tobacco plantation of as many as 600 acres, as many as 51 slaves uh, in the antebellum years, uh, which we use as the backdrop for uh, dealing with those themes of uh, life in the South, including the relationship of slaves and slave owners, and what impact the war had on uh, the people who were left at home, particularly white Southerners who were left at home uh, during the conflict. Well, that's that's an important uh, story, and the fact that your museum has uh, is privately owned, I imagine, could be a mixed blessing. I worked uh, for nine years in a privately owned museum as well, and on the one hand, not working for the Park Service, uh, the bureaucracy, I'm sure, is much less. Oh, we have almost yes, almost no bureaucracy. So, so that's a great relief. You need something, you know who to call, and you get it done, and you get it done the next day if you want it. Exactly. Uh, it's a, it's a great thing to have uh, a CEO who's responsible ultimately for the funding, and, and if you have that person say where things go very well, the downside uh, is the risk that uh, the CEO will will say, uh, I, I don't quite care for how you've interpreted that. And I have to admit, when I first heard of the museum and, and heard its, its back story that the ancestors or the descendants rather of, of, of the family that lived there were now funding this uh, it crossed my mind this could be a real uh, gone with the wind whitewash uh, old south fantasy land just as I'm sure the Lincoln Museum where I worked uh, some people must may have wondered what uh, if it's going to be an insurance sales uh, uh. <laughs> place rather than a real museum about right. history right in both cases, uh, the exhibits prove otherwise. They're both serious institutions. But you've raised, a, you've raised an excellent point. It was one we were cognizant of. For example, the, the film we show in our, in our slave quarters, our field quarters exhibit on slavery in the 1850s, we consciously asked uh, our good friend, I'm sure he's your friend as well as, as he is mine, Jerry, uh, uh, Jim McPherson from Princeton, 
to do the introduction to the film uh, under the premise that Jim's on-camera endorsement would uh, mitigate any concerns that people had that we were trying to uh, beat our own drum here and, and take a take a uh, an interesting twist on history. But you're right; that's something we had to overcome, and I think we have uh, in the last 14 years overcome that concern that we're we have a particular uh, agenda here at the park. What kind of response do you get when when students, uh, especially, are, are in the park and they're going to the the field quarters, or they're talking to someone who's playing the role of a slave? Well, it's it's remarkably uh, a remarkably uh, good uh, experience. Now, a lot of the students now have studied uh, the institution of slavery and its impact on African Americans uh, when they arrive here, and that's uh, that that's very helpful. This concept is not new to to most of them. And we are very fortunate to have some interpreters here, some costume interpreters, who are quite skillful at dealing with these difficult topics and uh, are able to present it in a way that the students can understand you know, at their own level. Uh, it's a little, more, a little less muted, say, than the reaction to the combat movie, but uh, again, there is, uh, there is, there is nothing... Uh, nothing fun about uh, being the life of a slave, and we try to introduce students a little bit to the to the concepts of uh, what slave life was like, uh, without, I hope, demonizing the slaveholders, who were products, after all, of their era. And I think that's one of the mantras that we try to preach whenever we develop a new program or a new exhibit or a new film. Here is to try to respect the people of the past on their own terms and to minimize the interjection of our judgment on the way they live their lives. It's, uh, it's always a difficult point when teaching that era, whether museum or a classroom, to, uh, uh, to empathize and understand without necessarily sympathizing and agreeing. Exactly. And uh, we, had a, we have about a 150-square-foot building that we packed full of information about the background of slavery and its relationship to the coming of the Civil War, and the centerpiece there is a 13-minute film where we present six fictional but historically plausible characters from the 1850s who indulge in two-minute monologues about their perspectives on slavery, and uh, that film has generated some, some controversy as well, not people disagreeing with its historical content, but some surprise. Uh, relative to the viewpoints that these people have. The issue of slavery in the 1850s was much more complex, of course, than it is frequently presented to us today in the popular media or in the, the newspapers or uh, in films. Well, that's very true. Let's return to the battlefield. Uh, we have just a few minutes left. And, uh, there are actual uh, earthworks still visible at the park, is that right? We have about, uh, I guess, about 3,200 linear feet of some of the finest preserved field fortifications uh, anywhere in the country. And this line was constructed uh, in the fall of 1864 and defended and improved uh, upon all the way to the, to the breakthrough of April 2nd. So the, the visitor can walk, uh, you obviously don't want to walk on the earthworks themselves, but they can walk around... Yes, we have a, about a three-mile system of interpretive trails that right now are interpreted with signs and audio units. We are about to, uh, in the next three months or four months, we'll have 
personal MP3 players that we will give to uh, visitors, and they can take those players out with them and uh, access recorded messages at various points on the battlefield and on the various on the farms as well uh, to give them additional information. But yes, you could spend uh, you could spend at least 90 minutes uh, or two hours walking on our interpretive trails and, and exploring these uh, the parts of the battlefield that, that are, are very pristine. Well, I'd, I'd, I would say you could certainly spend a whole day at your facility walking the, the trails, looking at the museums. You could have lunch at the uh, was it the Hardtack Cafe? Is that the right? Hardtack and Coffee Cafe? With apologies to John Billings. Yeah. Uh, no, I have to say I didn't eat anything there because I know what hardtack is, and it just didn't <laughs> well, appeal you know, much. someone once told us that we should sell it, and so we took them up on it, and uh, believe it or not, we have a number of foolish people who actually buy our, our hardtack for a dollar a cracker, and probably only to buy it once. Well, I've, I've, the hardtack I, I use when, when I show uh, six-year-olds, uh, I pointed out the other day, the hardtack's older than they are. Um, I've had it longer than that, and just to the right consistency. But if I ever need to replenish my stock, I'll know where to go. Absolutely, would be happy to help you. Wow. Well, how do you get to uh, the, the place for our visitors? What's the easiest way to get there? Well, we are very conveniently located to Interstate 85, which is the interstate that runs between Atlanta and and Petersburg. And we're about uh, four miles off of uh, the main street of the East Coast, Interstate 95. So if you can find your way to Petersburg, uh, you want to go south on Interstate 85, about five miles to exit 63A, which is the old Boyden Plank Road, the, the wartime road, which is also U.S. Highway 1, and follow that south for about one mile to our, to our entrance. Well, I, I go up and down I-95 all the time, and... Uh... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a short short drive from there. Uh, get off the, off the interstate and, and find your way to this park. It, it really is a, a fascinating institution. Um, there, there are so many questions I hardly know where to go. Let me ask one more about your, your personnel there. If somebody wanted to work there as a uh, uh, as one of the costume guides or, or non-costume guides, uh, how much training does it take? How do they do that? Well, we have, uh, uh, I think I'm counting up in my head here now, I think we have 13 full-time people who are either educators or interpreters, uh, and about 11 who are part-time, who work in our busy season. Uh, anybody interested in employment opportunities at the park can go to our website, www.pamplinpark.org, and click on Employment Opportunities, and we list all of our vacancies there. We're looking for people with backgrounds in uh, in either uh, history or education or theater uh, who uh, enjoy teaching uh, and enjoy working with people. Um, we generally get folks who are history majors, and uh, uh, it's a it's a great career. It's an alternative for folks who are interested in history but maybe don't want to spend their entire career at a university or at a at a secondary school. And, and how many visitors do you get annually? Well, we could tell you that, Jerry, but then we'd have to come down and, and do uh -oh. violence to you. Uh, suffice it to say that it is uh, the largest, we have the largest attendance of uh, any of the museums and parks here in our area. 
Well, that, that's easy to believe because it's really uh, a fascinating place. Thank you. Um, well, it has been a pleasure talking with you, and I, I look forward to getting up there again soon, and I will certainly uh, look forward to dropping in at your office and uh, sharing a hardtack. That would be wonderful, Jerry. Thank you for the opportunity and all your kind words about Pamplin Historical Park. And visitors, you will not want to miss it. If you're anywhere in the east coast of the U.S., find your way there. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. And also, thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.